Hey, Illegal Tender listeners. I'm Alex, the senior podcast producer for Yahoo Finance. This is an episode of our new podcast called A World Interrupted, a daily podcast about COVID-19 and its impact on the economy. This episode features Stephanie Asimkos, and she hosted our latest season of Illegal Tender, season four. Please enjoy this episode and subscribe with the link in the show notes. In today's episode, we talk about the psychology of panic buying and what it's doing to our country. Really, I think people saying, I need to be in control of something in this situation, and since I can't control this virus, I'm going to control this, which is stocking up and preparing. From Yahoo Finance, this is A World Interrupted. I'm Alex Sugg. One, two, three. That helps us line up the audio later. Oh, okay. I thought that was like a motivational, like, here we go. That too. Okay. That is Stephanie Asimkos. She's a reporter here at Yahoo Finance, and she'll be joining us for this episode. Stephanie, thanks for joining me today. How's it going? It's going very well. How are you? I'm holding up in my apartment here in New York City, as are you. How are you feeling through this this whole situation we're currently in? I have good days and bad days. Today you kind of caught me in a down day of where I'm just waking up and I, and I know what's going on and I know that this is the reality and I can't shake it and I feel completely and utterly helpless as many Americans and you know just citizens of the world do but I feel very comfortable and protected in my 675 foot square apartment mm-hmm. and when I don't leave then I feel I feel moderately better right same I I think we're all kind of feeling that safety of home right now. But it is a very strange time. I think we're all on the roller coaster of this journey together. You, you recently wrote a story about panic buying and maybe just tell me a little bit about panic buying. It's a little bit old news at this point. We've seen all the photos of the empty toilet paper shelves and things like that in stores, but maybe just describe for listeners like what what exactly has been going on with the panic buying? Right. Panic buying is not new. This is something that happens perennially with any national or sorry, natural disaster, like a blizzard or a hurricane, anything that can be forecasted. That's when it's kind of signals to our collective conscious of I need to go out and I need to buy supplies because my routine in my life is going to be disrupted. So what we're seeing now with coronavirus coronavirus panic buying is that people are out but it, it is it is heightened. It is to the max. It is to a level that people haven't seen before. And what I learned from my interview was that you know control is the antidote to anxiety. We're all feeling anxious and the only way that we can sort of calm that or quell that is just buying is control and the way that that sort of you know manifests is we buy things right i was talking to my wife this morning about that we we feel like the only thing we currently have control over is our little box apartment in the city and the only thing that we can really do right now is like we, we feel the need to buy things to make our little square box nicer and we to find comfort, to find things that, that make our space that we can control a little bit more comfortable because everything else feels so out of control. 
I am trying to rationalize a Peloton purchase to my husband. That is a conversation that we had around 7 a.m. of like, I really think we should get a Peloton in here. And he's like, that's really expensive. And where would we put it? And I'm like, yes, all valid points. I'm sure you're not the only ones having that conversation. I'm sure Peloton's doing well uh, in this. But so so you said in your interview, who did you interview and, and what what do they do? I interviewed a woman by the name of Kit Yarrow, and she is a professor emerita of Golden Gate University. And by trade, she is a consumer psychologist. And basically the way that she explained that to me in lay terms is that she studies how and why people buy what they buy. People feel like a situation is out of control and they can't understand it and they feel a lot of anxiety They feel a great urge to do things. So the antidote to anxiety really is control. And what people can control right now is buying things. So even people that I would consider to be really normal, rational people are saying things to me like, I don't know what came over me. I just just had to buy it all. Or I know it doesn't make sense, but I just went crazy at the store. What did you learn from her? My gosh, I mean, I felt like it was informative, but also therapeutic because of the anxiety that I'm feeling and and the way that, you know, my husband and I prepared for this virus to come. And so it was, it was very informative, but also, you know, kind of gave me a little bit of understanding of my own thoughts, which is great when that happens out of an interview. And what I basically learned is that panic buying is a completely rational thought. And it is completely rational action and it has no reflection of intelligence or understanding. And it, it just it is a, a phenomenon that happens and it's completely natural. She there's there's a clip and we'll play that clip now, but she really goes into a little bit more of the control aspect of it. Can you can you dig into what she said a little bit about that? So I guess the way that you know, Kit really broke it down for me is that it panic buying is a reflection of what others are doing. And when it catches on, there is no stopping it. I think a lot of the reaction that we're seeing is perfectly normal and rational. People are working from home. They are at home. They're cooking from home. You know, they're not going to restaurants. And so they're stocking up. And that makes sense. But we kind of rounded the bend into what doesn't make sense and what is clearly irrational, otherwise known as panic buying. And so here, other forces are at play. Anxiety makes us feel like we have to be more in control. And that anxious buying is part of the equation. We talked about social pressure. But a third one also is, I think, guilt avoidance. So I think a lot of people, especially heads of households, like people that other people depend on, like that are taking care of their parents or their kids or something like that. It's like a perfect storm, really. It's a really, really difficult situation. It is anxiety provoking in its own right. No matter what the media or anybody else was doing about it, this is an anxiety provoking situation because it's so out of our control. It's so mysterious. There's so many reasons. What is really happening is that when people see a queue outside of a supermarket or a big box store, that tips them off of, I have to do something. I have to spring to action. I am slacking. You know, I I need to, there's a social pressure there. That is one of her, you know, 
overarching themes is there's definitely a social pressure to, to panic buying because everyone else is stocking up. I must be stocking up too. And sort of a, a way that that dovetails is through social media. And this is the first global pandemic that we've experienced of this, you know, of our generation, but it's also social media plays a huge role into it as well. Because if you see someone, you know, tweet something or Instagram a picture of a target with an empty shelf, that sends shockwaves through all of us of, I have to go get whatever was on that shelf too, because all these people came along and, and bought it all up. So now I need to have it. Now I have to say, I think the whole thing has been heightened by our use of more even than media, but social media, that this is like, we're constantly bombarded with new information, some of it true, some of it not, primarily through social media, but it fuels and fans the fire. Okay. It, it's part of why toilet paper has become the poster child of excessive buying, because an empty toilet paper shelf is huge. It's a lot of real estate. Toilet paper's bulky. It takes up a lot of room, and so it takes up a lot of grocery store space. So when the news shows an empty toilet paper shelf, it looks really empty, as opposed to, say, an empty tuna fish shelf, which doesn't look that empty. And when people are seen carting out big, huge quantities of toilet paper, that's visually very very potent, whereas a bag of tuna fish wouldn't have the same impact. Being productive makes you feel like you're being in control, that you have some sort of say over what's going to go on. And, and it also is a little bit of a distraction, it takes your mind off of what is going on. What does this cause to the bigger picture? So if everybody's going in and buying everything, at once, where does that leave maybe more vulnerable people or where does that leave maybe others who were working that day or working over that? You know what I mean? Or like people who couldn't get in or people who couldn't wait in that line around the corner. What happens to those people when panic buying is in full force? So what happens with that is people are hoarding supplies and selfishly, I would say, hoarding supplies and meaning that they have more toilet paper than they can use in a year. And that means that someone else can't have that. And then also when people go out and buy a bunch of supplies, there is an enormous financial component to that as well, because not everyone can afford to spend $500,000 on supplies that they'll need in the future. A lot of people we know buy for the here and the now, and not necessarily have enough money that can buy supplies for the next six weeks. I saw this crazy thing online where this couple, I don't know where they lived or what, what their story was, but they, when all this started really going crazy about a week and a half, two weeks ago, they went to every Costco in their uh, county and they bought all the toilet paper, like every, every toilet paper. And then they started reselling it out of their garage for a premium. It really brings out strange sides of people. That is piracy. That is, you are a land pirate when you do things like that. And there was another story about the Costco's and the big boxes putting on the the front doors of saying, we're not accepting returns. And 
a lot of people I saw on social media were applauding that of, no, you shouldn't accept these returns because people weren't in the right place when they were buying these massive quantities. And now that credit card bill comes or, you know, the they're not as liquid as they wanted to be or they're facing unemployment and they need to unload some of this. And the big boxes, particularly Costco, I know for sure, is saying, sorry. Is a little bit of panic buying okay? We just talked about stories where maybe it's blown out of proportion and it's exploited to take advantage of other people. Obviously, those things aren't okay. Is there a form of this where the comfort someone might get from it or buying an extra six rolls of toilet paper instead of the normal six that you get? Those little things, is that okay? Is there a form of this that's okay and that maybe we shouldn't feel bad or guilty about? Or is it uh, a net negative overall, would you say? I would say from what Kit, you know, her wisdom that she imparted is that panic buying, there is a piece of this that comes from someone's heart being in the right place. And that is because they want to avoid the guilt that will come with, you know, a child's friend having peanut butter in six weeks and they won't and then their child won't have peanut butter in six weeks or the same thing of you're you're caring for children you're caring for elderly parents you're caring for pets particularly she said heads of households mostly feel this and it's only because they don't want the people that they care for and love they they don't want them to want and that is where some of this panic buying comes in or sort of the over, you know, higher quality or higher quantities than usual. As of today recording, we're March 25th. No one knows how things are going to be within the next week, day, 24 hours, anything. I would ask, though, as of today, where 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 are we with the panic buying situation? And for all those people, maybe who bought all of the the toilet paper and all of the over maybe over purchasing do you think that now the outlook is we're going to be able to buy toilet paper for the foreseeable future that these the panic buying was maybe futile and it wasn't worth it in the beginning or is there a world in which oh man these people are going to be really happy they bought all that toilet paper or is it looking like no this is this is crazy we're all still going to be able to buy everything we need this was unnecessary. This is this is just a response to, out of fear. Yeah, I think that you know Americans, and I think we we didn't know what we didn't know, and we still don't know what we don't know. And one of the things that Kit said is that you know toilet paper is one of the goods that is made in the United States, so it's probably not going to go anywhere. There's probably not going to be a run on it. Whereas you know something that is imported, say coffee, you know maybe. You know, maybe maybe there'll be a shortage of coffee, but toilet paper is one of the things that probably isn't going to go anywhere. And, you know, I would say that it is a dry good. It's not a perishable. It's not going to go anywhere. But it's it's tough to tell. You know, I think that we're all we're all living through coronavirus in our own certain way. And, you know, you and I are city dwellers. So we don't have the luxury of throwing things in a basement or a garage or a cellar or anything. So we can only fit what we can fit. And whether you're you're crunched on space 
whether finances are an issue, whatever is sort of limiting you right now. Fear obviously is a massive limitation. Job security is a limitation for all of us. I think that we all just kind of are dealing with it in our own way and whether dealing with it means panic buying, then so be it. Why toilet paper? Oh, great question. So because we've we've spent size. this entire interview talking about toilet paper. I know. There are a lot there are a lot more valuable important things out there, but toilet paper is the thing people I are know. talking about. Toilet paper online. has been this poster child, which is, you know, borrowing a phrase from from Kit. It's been the poster child of this pandemic in this country. Before, like I said, when, you know, blizzards come or when hurricanes come, you know, we're all we're all old hats at this. Like we know what to do. We go out and we buy the bread, the milk, the cheese. Those are all perishables. But with this, obviously, toilet paper could it's not going anywhere. But she said that it is the real estate that it takes up on the shelf. That mm. it takes up so much more space, especially when you buy in bulk or in higher quantities, that a grocery store or a big box it might keep the same number of SKUs on hand that it does for something like, you know, canned vegetables or, you know, tuna fish can tuna fish cans as it does for toilet paper. But you notice the absence of toilet paper because it's so much bigger than a tiny size can of tuna fish. So mm. it just kind of the optics of it really trick us and really pull on our emotions and and pray to our fears and vulnerabilities of, well, this shelf is completely empty. Whatever was on this, I need it. And you don't really notice an empty, you know, shelf of tuna fish because they're all such tiny cans and they're all packed in there. Uh, so she said that, you know, social media has really played into this of look at this completely empty shelf and well, it just happened to be a larger product and that's why it's empty. The most visually big thing becomes the. <laughs> it's visual. <laughs> so, in closing thoughts, do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts on panic buying before we before we sign off? These massive hauls at big boxes and in markets, it might seem like overkill. It might seem comical to see someone walk out with just tons of toilet paper underneath their arms or you know over their head or it. It might seem comical, but it's just one way people can make sense of something that's so inconceivable. You know, when we started this new year, we started this new decade, I don't think that this was something that any of us could have conceived of. And, you know, here we are at the end of March and this is our reality. And it's our reality that is this indefinite reality of this isn't going away come next week. This isn't a an at-home, like, work-from-home fun experiment for all of us. And a lot of terrible things are happening. And it's just one way that people can feel like they're hanging on. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, drag on people for, for doing this. It's just one way that someone can just make sense of what's happening. And we're all, we're all alone right now. We're not connecting with people. We're separated, or we should be. And we don't have that human connection that we would, that, you know, Kit really said, you know, in, in times of panic or uncertainty, 
we find each other. And whether that's a place of worship, whether that's a bar, you know, all of those places, our lifelines are just kind of being closed off. And it's just one way that people can feel like they have some sense of control in a, in a very uncontrollable world. Stephanie Simcos, thanks for being on. Thanks, Alex. Thank you for listening to A World Interrupted from Yahoo Finance. For more coverage on the coronavirus and its economic impact, make sure to watch our bell-to-bell live programming throughout the day. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review there. In the meantime, stay safe, take care of yourself, and we'll get through this.